God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Do you know what today is? No, it's not our anniversary. It's a celebration in this thing. It's podcast day and any amount of time I get to spend with you is worthy of celebrating. Today, my friend Consolata, all the way from Zimbabwe, is my co-host. This is a whole vibe. She came here shining and ready for the Lord. She's glowing and you are about to glow just from basking in her life. I can't wait for you to get to know her so let's get into it hi hi how are you you? i'm very well in yourself oh Oh my my gosh i'm doing amazingly you look beautiful i i heard that you like really brought your a-game for this thing (laughs) and we love to see it that's what she said (laughs) You look gorgeous. You look amazing. As Thank well. you. Thank you Thank for doing you so this with much. me. Thank you for doing this with me. Wow. It's so surreal. I can't explain how mm. I feel about this. Thank you so much. Oh, it's an honor. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm in a good space. Good. Yeah, thank God for that. You're in Zimbabwe. And how are you? Yes, I'm in Zimbabwe. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? I am. If... No, it does sound funny. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. It but yes, I am in Zimbabwe. How is the world changing there? Like, did you all experience here in the States, we had the lockdown and now we're kind of re-emerging. Where are things at for you all there? Yes, we did experience the all of the pandemic, uh, like people died, especially in July, like you would hear about at least 15 deaths per week of people that you know, Wow! like per week. And then all of a sudden, now it's getting better, like very rarely do we hear about COVID cases. And many people have also been vaccinated. So that's a plus. Though we're still wearing masks and for you to attend church, you have to be like fully vaccinated, which is two doses. So there's that. But really, we're starting to open up again. I love that. Well, we're, I think, all collectively praying that the world emerges out of this better and stronger and just more, I think, more connected than we were before. It's so easy to think that like we are so separated, but then we have moments like this where it just becomes increasingly clear that our lives are so intertwined. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. And thank you so much. I mean, because of COVID, yeah. we get, I, I mean, I didn't know there was Zoom before COVID. Yeah. But now, because like technology became more relevant. Yeah. Due to COVID. So we get to, I mean, we're only having this chat because probably if it wasn't for COVID, we wouldn't have respected Zoom. So, yeah. It did kind of uh, positively impact us in some way. 
How did you learn about Woman Evolve and want to be a part of the co-host in the podcast? I I think I first saw your sermons on YouTube, right? And I just connected with them because basically I think I was in a space where like I was trying to figure out who I was, trying to be authentic to myself, mm-hmm. like despite what society says. Like big guy in Zimbabwe, like teaching my hair like this is like such a thing sometimes or to some people though my parents or my mom rather is supportive of anything that I do but there are some people that still feel like you know it's not really culturally the correct thing to do Mm -hmm. so in trying to find out who I really was what mattered to me what made me happy that's when I came through your videos. I was like, what? I like her. I like her. Then I started following your programs. I even followed the Woman Evolve, Shop Woman Evolve. And I was like, what? This is beautiful. And also just the community that you've built, the language, uh, you know, mind your business ministries. <laughs> I really connected with that. <laughs> with that. So, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. Okay. Yeah, that's so- how I came across. So some people are going to be listening and they're going to be wondering what is how, why what does your hair look like why is it so different can you explain your hairstyle All right so my hairstyle I tinted it's gingerish <laughs> Yes it's 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 I tinted it ginger from black obviously because my original hair color is black So I tinted it ginger and I feel amazing I really feel amazing And you look gorgeous. Authenticity is so important to our journey of womanhood. And it seems like you have really stepped into this space of celebrating what is authentic to you from every part of your life and body down to your hair. What has your hair journey been? My hair journey. Okay. I had a very bad hairline growing up. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it was just bad like that <laughs> like that so I kept trying to get braids all this kind of um hairstyles but I always kind of felt like this is not who I really am it doesn't uh, give me the satisfaction that I wanted when I looked at myself in the mirror not that I didn't appreciate who I was but I felt like you know I could be better mm. like I could feel better about myself so when I finally did cut, like beginning of the year, I actually had a bald head. Like I cut all of my hair. That was like the most refreshing feeling wow. ever. Of being able to just touch my scalp and know how it feels to just be me. So it's been freeing. And I think that's probably the best gift that I've given to myself in this year to be authentic to who I am. That's incredible. I've always heard that when a woman changes her hair, she is about to change her life. I don't know if you've heard yes. that before. Oh, yes. <laughs> How did your yeah, life change as a result of your hair change? Uh, basically, a lot of my friends had been afraid for a long time to actually cut their hair because, of course, what people were going to say. So when I cut my hair, of course, there were Actually, there were some guys that passed really nasty comments. Like, it's not someone I was dating or was in any relationship with. But they just said to me, you know what, Consolata, this is a total turn off. 
I was like, but wait, okay, how is it? <laughs> okay, it might be a turn off too, but I didn't ask for your opinion. Anyway. No. But then there are also my friends that were inspired. I got about 10 of my friends also cut their hair. Wow. Well, not all of them went bald, but they did cut their hair. So it, it did give a fulfilling feeling. Yeah, I love that because what I hear you saying is that when you received courage to just celebrate what was authentic to you, to celebrate your scalp, your body, your hair, the way that you show up in the world, that it helped the women in your circle to do the same thing, too. I think that that's what happens when women begin to evolve. They take the women connected with them on the journey as well. And I am wondering when I talk a lot about sisterhood. There are so many women from uh, the states, from the continent, from the diaspora in general who are connected to what's happening with Woman Evolve. And I wonder, what do you think is missing or is there something missing between the sisterhood that could be cultivated between black women in America, but also like African women? Like we we obviously have this connection, but I think there's also room for separation. I can tell you as a black woman, because I don't have as much connection to my original culture and so much was robbed from the lineage that I feel like I often lack the confidence and the just knowing the ancestral knowing that comes uh, that I see a lot of African women carry. What do you think about that? I think it's important that we also try to connect beyond our borders. Mm. Like just having a conversation with someone that's not necessarily from America, as you're saying, or someone from Brazil, from anywhere around the world to just, you know, get um, their thoughts and feelings about certain topics, about what's happening in their country or around the world. I love how you asked me when we started the conversation, what happened or what has happened like from the beginning of COVID to now, like in Zimbabwe. And for me, that was like, you know, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like just getting to know about um, thoughts, feelings and opinions that other people have. That may not necessarily be the same with ours because, of course, our cultures are a little bit different. And I'd say in America, it's totally different. Like here, even the culture in Zimbabwe is also different from South Africa because South Africa is like deep culture where they actually wear like their um, clothing that shows they are different uh, tribes. Mm. Unlike here in Zimbabwe, it's only like in Blauai with the Ndebele people that are still wearing something that resembles their tribe. But with the rest of us, you know, we've been swept off by the Western culture. So basically, yeah, we should have more conversations where we just seek to have open-ended conversations where we're not trying to, we don't really have an agenda. We just want to get to know what other people feel, what other people think about certain topics or whatever is going on around the world. I believe that that can be very powerful. I love that you said that because even when you were speaking about being in a relationship and when you changed your hair and he didn't necessarily like it, that you told him he could go on somewhere. I feel like those are the types of themes that are universal. And a lot of times we think about like men in America are this or like this is only happening in Africa. But then right here in this moment, we recognize that we are dealing with so many of the same things as women. What do you think is 
is the greatest lesson that you have learned about yourself in the journey of embracing and becoming confident in who you are as a woman? I have learned that I can be anything and everything that I want to be. As long as God has allowed me or God um, allows me or if God approves of whatever I'm doing, then it means that I can go ahead and do it. Okay, one example, like back then when I was in college, I wanted to be a model. Mm -hmm. But also, according to our culture, it's not like I wanted to be the... Uh, the naked model but um, I just wanted to be a model like to be a brand ambassador and things like that so people also disapproved of that but now fully embracing that God has actually allowed me to be this person has given me such a feeling of comfort and knowing that God is in this with me because I felt like Christianity was choking me basically Mm. like I can't be who I really want to be because that's what religion says as compared to the deep conviction that I had within myself that you know God was allowing me to do this so when I finally did it that's when I just realized you know what I can do all things anything that I set my mind to do but as long as God says yes to it, then I can go for it. Like nothing and nobody can stop me as long as God proves of it. Because I trust that this is a judgment-free zone, I'm going to share a secret with you. I love signing up for free trials. Okay, that's it. That's the secret. Seriously, I haven't met a free subscription that I didn't like. Oh, but I have met plenty that I have forgotten to cancel before the trial period ended. If you're like me, and I'm pretty sure you are, sis, you need help ending these subscriptions too. So let me put you up on game. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one tap. Listen to me when I tell you, sis, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Woman Evolve. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Woman Evolve. It could save you thousands a year. Featured in Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and Fortune, Truebill has earned thousands of five-star reviews. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. I love Truebill and a good testimony like Jennifer B who says, with Truebill's help, our family saved $587 per year on unnecessary subscriptions. I really didn't understand how Truebill could help me until we decided to save for a very large home purchase. I use Truebill and you should too. What are you waiting for? Become a member at Truebill.com slash Woman Evolve. Your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Now that type of power, that type of confidence very much so feels like a place that you land. And I would love to hear, where did you start? Like, what did you have to 
fly over and overcome in order for you to come to this place where you were like, you know what, I'm going to step boldly into the confidence of my identity, into the confidence of the pursuit of my purpose and my dreams. Did you have to overcome? Were you just born with that innately or were there some things that stood in your way? Honestly, I was not born like this. <laughs> no, there are so many things that I do, but I do them afraid. It's not like mm. when I post some pictures, I, I'm confident. Of course, I am confident, but there's this fear of maybe negative comments from people or what's the next person going to say. But still, I do it afraid. Like, I'll literally be afraid. And sometimes, like, after every five minutes I'm like checking my Instagram to see the comment section that you know has anyone come for me (laughs) but still I do it afraid because after having conversations with my friends I actually realized that so many people were scared to be authentic to themselves and I just took it upon myself that if I can do it then probably my friends and those in my circle also be inspired to also truly walk their journey So that's it. But I do it afraid. Like, honestly, I do it afraid. I, I totally resonate with that doing it afraid business. I feel like there are just these moments in destiny that you don't get to be comfortable when doing them, that you have to be willing to quite literally make fear your audience. And I think part of the way that we do that is that we just recognize that if I wait until my fears are gone, then I may be waiting too long. Yeah. If I wait until my fears are gone, I may never actually do it. And so giving yourself permission to say, maybe I I don't have to do it with confidence. Maybe I can be uncertain. Maybe I can learn while I go and grow while I mm-hmm. go that that is the permission we need to fully say, I am a woman who was going to evolve, even if that means while doing it afraid. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing with your journey and with your life. I wonder though, you're like me. So when you post something that you know could be a little spicy, you're going through the comment section to make sure <laughs> no one's come for you. I did this the other day. I posted yeah. something and I was like, I know they're going to be mad about this. And I was searching for it. But, you yeah. know, like you skip over all of the comments were like, girl, yes, you're slaying. I thank God for your life. And you just helped me to look for that one hater. Do you allow yourself like I feel like part of celebrating your mind, body, soul, your entire existence is also receiving yeah. flowers. Like we talk a lot about people who don't get their flowers when they're here, but they're are people who do get their flowers, but move them to the side to see where the weeds are, to see where the disconnect is, to see where the divide is. How do you give yourself permission to receive the flowers? For me, I take a minute and pause and I allow the words to sink in to the area of my life that is always questioning, am I doing it right? Am I doing it well? Does it matter? And allow those flowers to be planted like it's replanting them, right? From the person who gave them to me to the space in my soul that needs to know that I am developing, nurturing, and growing something beautiful in the area where I once felt insecure? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is beautiful. I feel like that's like um, taking the good parts of what people say and really embracing it yeah. and running with that. Because one negative comment can literally destroy you. Like destroy your self-esteem, self-confidence, you begin to question God's purpose for you, and then that's the end of you. So I love that. 
really love it. Okay, so when is the last time that you received a compliment or something that was edifying towards you? And did you take the time to let it sink in? Yesterday or today, this morning, this morning, I always do. I absolutely always do. Oh my God. Like sometimes I feel this you know, deep feeling of gratefulness to God, like just so much gratitude. And I like look at some of the reviews or oh, how people just randomly uh, text me on Facebook. They're like, you know, you've changed my life. You posted about that on YouTube and I watched it and I was inspired to complete uh, writing my book. And for me, that's like, what? <laughs> you know, like God, you would use me like that. So it's always so humbling for me to always remember that, you know what? Like I owe it all to God. So I'm always grateful. And yeah. I do take time. I definitely do take time. I love that. It sounds like, does that, because when we talk about family, I feel like family is the first environment in which we really get to experience the opportunity to receive flowers. We receive correction yeah. sometimes, but I think when a person isn't affirmed within the context of their family, that it makes it difficult for them to believe the affirmation of others. But when you are affirmed over and over again throughout your childhood, you do have yeah. a tendency to trust it a little bit more. Not that it makes it easy, but you can trust it a little bit more. In your family life, were you affirmed in your identity and who you are? Or is that something that, you know, God had to bring some perspective to in order for you to move forward? Honestly, in my family, like I'm the girl that was born when my cousins and my brother, like my brother was studying college when I was born. So we had like a 19 wow. year difference. That's literally a generational gap. So I can't really say I connected with my siblings or my cousins because I have one brother and then uh, cousins. I can't really say I connected with them or they affirmed me, not with my mom. Like, I don't remember that. However, I did go to a Catholic school from primary school and then to a girls' Catholic school in secondary school. So that was like, hey, they just taught us to love ourselves, to celebrate ourselves. They affirmed us, um, taught us how to love other women, things mm. like not gossiping, um, complimenting another woman, being able to just live with each other. Like for women, that can be a thing, you know. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they did teach us to live with each other. I can't really say my family, like now, my mom and I are so close, like we talk about everything. So yes, she does affirm me, but honestly from my childhood, I don't actually quite remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, she is present now. Like she's hyping me up. She's like, you can do this. It does count. It really goes a long way. That's amazing because what you said about your brother and your age difference reminds me of my daughter. She's five and her sister is 25. Yeah. And I always wonder how that can play out. They have to start working on it now. Okay. <laughs> I feel like with my brother, like now I'm grown up and now we're like trying to have conversations to sit down. Like now I'm so intentional about it that I want to build a 
healthy relationship with my brother. Because I remember growing up, like there are times I felt like he wasn't there for me. He didn't mm. defend me when I needed him to defend me. So now we're just, you know, intentionally sitting down and communicating. Yeah. And we talk about things. It's been beautiful, honestly. Like sometimes he takes me first. I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's really beautiful and we've grown to love each other and to appreciate each other even better mm. yeah what you okay so siblings growing to love one another people think that because you have siblings that it's just automatic that you're going to have a healthy relationship with them and I think that what I'm learning in my adult relationship with my siblings is that it takes just as much work as a romantic relationship to make sure that you are staying connected, that you're communicating, being compassionate. And I do think that that starts at a very early age in which you make the commitment to say, you know what, I am going to make an attempt in getting to know you better and understanding what moves you and serving you in the way that you need to be served, not in the way that I think that you need to be served. And I feel like that's one of the most challenging parts about having a sibling. That is absolutely true. I think having a sibling, just like any other relationship, like you said, it requires investment of time. Like if you have to take each other out, then that's money emotionally (laughs) to just be involved. It's like, it it just requires as much investment as our romantic relationships. I mean, this is like a blood brother or blood sister. It wouldn't hurt to actually choose to make them your family despite that you're biologically you know related but to you know to keep them close to your heart but i think that goes a long way and it's always a beautiful thing as well i love that I love to mentally escape into a good book. It gets tricky though when I don't have time to sit and read for hours like I prefer or the in-between stage after I've finished a great book and I'm ready to dive into a new one. I love that with Scribd, I have instant access to millions of audiobooks and their thoughtfully curated editor's picks. Now I find myself listening to books while I'm exercising, cooking, or out running errands, all for just $9.99 a month with Scribd. I have the world's most fascinating library right at my fingertips. I want you to try it. Right now, Scribd is offering our listeners a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com slash evolve for your free trial. That's try.scribd.com slash evolve to get 60 days of Scribd for free. You can listen to ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and so much more from your favorite device. Forbes calls it Netflix for books. Try it out and let them know SJR sent you. Okay, so we have to answer, we get to answer an advice question together. Are you ready? Yes, okay. I am. It's a good one too. And it's kind of lengthy, which is my favorite advice question to have. I love when they're long. 
Okay, okay, so it says, hey, Sarah. So the main things in my life that I need advice on are, for one, I need to figure out what I want to do with my life, LOL. I know that God has so much in store for me. I've had this vision of me since I was a little girl. I'm on a stage surrounded by thousands of people. Now, I don't know if I would say I want to be a pastor or anything, but I've always had a passion for speaking about God. It's giving pastor, sis. Let me keep going, though. On the other hand, I can see myself being a mentor to young women. I also love YouTube for the most part. I make videos about God, fashion, advice, and vlogs. Now, I know I shouldn't put myself in a box, but I don't know where to start. I went to business school and want, and I wanted to start a mentoring program. Years went by, and I think I've lost the passion for it, only because I'm so sensitive and compassionate. I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I let other people's issues affect me tremendously. So I don't want to put a lot on my shoulders, but I do want to help people. Also, I know I want to become an entrepreneur. I know it's a lot. Bear with me. I just became a mother this year. I've also been in a relationship for two years now. So that's also something that is always on my mind. I am an overthinker, LOL, but I think I know I'm capable of so much. I guess what I'm saying is what can I do to not go crazy in my mind and LOL and follow my dreams and any other inputs you have. Thank you so much in advance. You're a true woman of God and an inspiration. I'm going to take a stab at it, but then I'm going to toss it to you. So, you know, a lot of the things that you named here are things that I believe are possible for you to be able to do without feeling like you need to do them in a certain order or you can't do them all at the same time. When you were called to be in ministry, it sounds like you want to start a YouTube channel that would put you in front of people. Sometimes we have dreams and our dreams are only connected to what we have experienced in our past. But you being in front of people could be what you're going to do on YouTube. And as you're talking about fashion and makeup, you can also allow your faith to be a part of it. It doesn't have to all be separated. You are all one person, which means the expression of you can show up in everything that you do. I try to make my life somewhat of an example of what all is down on the inside of me. So I like fashion. I like cooking. I like makeup. I love preaching. I love connecting with women. I like my friends. I like to be a little bit petty. And all of that shows up. I feel in the work that I do. And so I think that if you just create what is authentic to you, I feel this for you so strongly. Don't try to create what you have already seen. Don't try and create what you think it should be. Create what you see. Create what you feel. Create what is being whispered in your soul and release that. Because if you're looking for something that will help you understand what it is you're sensing, then you're going to start imitating someone else's work and miss out on the opportunity to authentically create what is natural and organic to you. So remove the pressure to try and make it make sense. Instead, let it be a mess and see what happens when you mix all of those things together and just see what happens. The best way to learn how to cook is to just throw everything together. And then what you learn is I needed a little bit more sugar. I needed a lot less flour. And you continue to refine your purpose in that same way. I need to be less humorous here. I need to have more wisdom there. It will come up, but you got to start cooking, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You answered that very well. And I also want to just affirm that the fact that she envisions it means that it's very possible for all of that to come to fruition. 
But first of all, she does have to write down all of, she has to write all of that down. Please do write all of that mm-hmm. down so that some of that won't just slip away or, you know, you get too much pressure that you forget your original plan. Yeah. But also like Pastor Sarah said, you know, you can do it. Like you can do these things. Take your time. Don't rush things. Sometimes God wants to help us or to help us to grow in the process. Though I know like you want the big stage, you want the, you know, to mentor a million women, you know, that kind of thing. But also God can give you, maybe someone that's actually in your vicinity right now needs your help, needs you to mentor them. But all you have to do at this point is to also identify someone who may need to be mentored by you. And, you know, when you're doing the beauty of facial and um, videos, I've seen the get ready with me videos where someone is getting ready and they're actually sharing the word of God. Mm. So it kind of draws us that want to look good. So we love God. We love to look good. Obviously we're going to be drawn to your channel as well. So like Pastor Sarah said, you know, we need wisdom to just fuse all of that together and see where that takes us. Otherwise it's very possible to do all things as long as God approves of each, you can be anything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, one of the other things that she said that I think is worthy of mentioning, she talked about really struggling with wanting to be a mentor because she feels so compassionate yeah. and sensitive towards people. And anytime you're doing something that grants access to other people's lives, their emotions, their trauma, their feelings, there is a risk that you end up feeling like, overwhelmed by all of the things that they have faced. It's like secondhand PTSD, secondhand trauma. It's when you pick up on the feelings and emotions and experiences of other people and then they affect your own life almost as if it happened to you. We see this in relationships. We see this in ministry. I'm sure that therapists see it in their field and certainly mentors see it as well. One of the things that I am constantly challenging myself to do whenever I feel overwhelmed by the burdens of the people who are in my life I still want to be available to them. I still want them to know that they can vent towards me, but I also end up so depleted and I am constantly challenged by God to remind myself and to ask myself, are you becoming a space where they vent or are you becoming their God? Because if you are just a space where they vent, when you pray, you turn that thing over to God and you trust that God has the perfect plan and wisdom on what they need in their life. But when you become their God, you feel responsible for the outcomes connected to their situation and you begin walking them through in a way that is honestly toxic and not ideal for them or for you. The most powerful thing that any of us can do is remember whether it is our child, our parent, our lover, our friend, our clients, our members, is that they started with God and if they end with us, then we did them a disservice. Our job is to get them back to God where he has the perfect theology for their life yeah yeah absolutely well you preached (laughs) you preached it's a word I'm constantly reminding myself now you're in ministry tell me what you do in ministry okay firstly I wrote a book that's titled Princess to My Daddy Uh, this book just came okay my biological dad passed on when I was seven years old Mm. right So it's been my mom and my brother, but then my mom has been like that constant uh, 
from the food to the clothes to the school is like she has been my provider. But there are also times whereby we struggle. And then not only like the physical part or how I grew up, but also some personal struggles like anxiety, depression, addiction to porn. Like with addiction to porn, I didn't know that as a Christian, I could struggle yeah. with an addiction to porn. But, you know, growing up in the church, like people didn't really talk about it until I actually experienced it. And then I knew, okay, now I need God. So Princess to my daddy is basically me getting to the realization that, you know what, God wants to hold me in his hand. Like he's the alpha and the omega like the beginning and the end, but it's also in the middle with me. Like God is in the middle with me. I didn't have to go through the addiction. I didn't have to face anxiety or depression on my own. God was willing to carry me through that. Like I never had to do stuff by myself. That's why he gave me the Holy Spirit to carry me, to comfort me, to give me strength. So now being a princess is like, you know, God just holds me. And so that's how the book, it was actually a status, like a WhatsApp status, like that bio. And then it became a book. And then God was like, you know what, make this a women's ministry. So that's how the ministry came about. And what I just hoped is that through some of my experiences and the transparency in my book, other people's lives would be transformed and they wouldn't have to feel like they're actually alone in their journey. That though the Holy Spirit is with them, but I'm also here as an example that, you know, you can be Christian, you can be saved, you can be preaching, but also go through stuff that other people are not Christian go through. So, yeah. That is so powerful, so necessary. You took what transformed you and offered it to other women. Do you think, because thank you, one, for your transparency about the addiction to pornography. I think to your point, that's not something that is often discussed in general. And I wonder if you feel the way that I do. I feel like addiction is usually a symptom of a greater issue. I think it is an outlet for any issue. So whether that is addiction to porn or addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, it feels like the addiction is the release, but the symptom is really how we experience change. Do you agree with that? Yes, I absolutely do agree with that. So I then traced it back. The, the other day, my mom and I were having a conversation about my late father. So she says, when you are a baby, like soon after your birth, I was born in February. So let's just say maybe around April, for like a year, my dad just didn't come home mm-hmm. for a year. And then initially I was just like, okay, okay, he didn't come back home for a year. Okay, fine. I moved on. And then later on, I was trying to find out why I always always felt like I needed um, a safe space, a safe place, or, you know, or sometimes I'll get into relationships and then want my boyfriend to be my father, to be my brother, to be my wow. boyfriend, to be my everything. Then I realized that I actually did have daddy issues. And they started from the time that I was actually born. Mm. Like, though we are babies, but babies, I believe, also feel what is going on around them. And I believe that from that point, I always felt like my dad was absent. And then he later passed on. 
And then, you know, so I think those dead issues are the ones that resulted in this. Because the way how this porn addiction started, I was in a relationship with this guy. So this guy was busy, like he was hustling, you know, he was trying to make a living or to make me comfortable, like, you know, to provide, you know, men want to. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he was trying to be all that. But I didn't see that. I thought he was neglecting me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he was present when he could be. There's not a single day that he went, uh, that went by, that he didn't communicate. But I felt like he had to me eight hours a day, okay, five hours, five hours a day, <laughs> of which he had to work. So that's when each time I realized that he was absent, I was just like, you know what, it's fine. Then I watch porn. And then it's like this hormone is released. It's actually got a name. <laughs> yes, this hormone is released, whereby your mind reaches the, the climax of its imagination mm-hmm. and that hormone is released. And then it's the hormone for excitement. And once that released, once that was released, I felt tired and then I slept. Mm. So it's like a quick drug, you know, I'll yeah. just wake up the following morning. But I realized that each morning I would wake up feeling so tired. Like every time that I watched, I'd be so exhausted, like literally drinking through the day. But in that instant moment, it felt like that was the perfect fix. But, you know, Quick fixes are never permanent solutions. They're always temporary. Now you preached. First you said I preached and then you <laughs> preached. What has happened? I passed the <laughs> microphone to you. <laughs> yeah. But I know that's going to be helpful for so many people who really are wondering not just about maybe things in their personality that have shown up as addictive, but I think what you said about how you, even as a baby, you took in what was happening around you because there are so many people who may know that their family had several shifts when they were babies and they think, well, I was so young then I wouldn't have been affected. And yet there is this underlying maybe theme of rejection or theme of just not feeling like you got the attention that you needed. And sometimes that does start from the time that you are a baby. And I think to give yourself permission to be human then, right? And to still be carrying those emotions into your adulthood if not really sorted through and I feel like that's going to be an incredible revelation you've been such a gift and I know that you're going to help so many women who are on their journey with your transparency your thoughtfulness and of course just you're beautiful from the inside out so thank you thank you for spending this time with me thank you so much for having me this has been amazing thank you Thank you so much. I'm excited. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hate to say it, but I told you so. I know you are already glowing just as a result of being in the light that Consolata carries. She was so transparent, so powerful, so just beautiful in her delivery and all that she gave us today. You know what else is a vibe? 
Are you ready for it? You're not ready. You are ready. The Woman Evolve 2021 Conference. If you have never been to a Woman Evolve event, I want to let you know something right now. Whether you are in person or virtual, the Woman Evolve Conference is the ultimate being that you did not even realize that you needed. So many women coming together to really just become better, to grow, to experience the presence of God and to make sure that no woman is left behind. I don't want you to miss out on this transformation that I know God has in store for us. So whether you join us in person, online, November 5th through the 6th is the time to make sure that you are in this space for the transformation. You can register now at womanevolve.com and let's do this thing together. One last note. Are you trying to be on the podcast with me? Do you want to be my co-host? Do you want me to mind your business for you? If so, email podcast at womanevolve.com and you could be the next person sharing your light for all of us to enjoy. Love you. Take care.